this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. My name is Billy Newman, and with me today is my good friend Dave. How you doing, Dave? Hey, Billy. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good today, and uh, glad that you joined me to uh, record a little podcast for a few before we uh, go out and grab a beer. It's Friday night. That's right. Gotta do it. <laughs> it should be good. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk with you and uh, kind of hash over a few of the things that have been going on over the last uh, couple of weeks. You've, it's been like uh, about a month, I think, since the last time that you're on the podcast. Yeah, at least. So time we gotta flies. catch up. Yeah, I think. Gosh, yeah. No, yeah, it was before Christmas, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we were. I mean, we were talking about it. This whole January is just yeah, it's been flying by. by. There's a thing that's going on now, and it seems to be const, constant for the last eighteen months, maybe. But like four week chunks will just just drop out God, or you know it, it, I mean it's just you're busy or you're doing something but you're just like oh it, was that four weeks ago I thought it was one week ago dude if I if I'm completely honest with you uh ever since moving up here it's felt like that it's mm -hmm. felt like it just yeah has been a, a blur really about the time that you moved yeah just like around April or so around April or so on my head's just been like what is it are we, what's happening? I'm glad it's not just me. I mean, <laughs> I think it's everybody nowadays. We're so busy or like everybody's got so many things yeah. to do and going that, on and it's constant. What it is, is there's just tons of stuff constantly always. Yeah. It's so, it's, well, it's good and it's cool because you get to do different stuff, but it's also just a lot of, it's a lot of maintenance. maintenance. There's a lot of maintenance. Yeah. Just it's so much maintenance. Stuff you do every day just to keep it going. Yeah, for sure. Oh. Yeah. It's amazing as a, as a single guy, how many dishes I do every, I've got, <laughs> I've got at least a, yeah. a load or two of dishes in my dishwasher just for me. And I don't get it. Yeah. I don't How's even eat a lot. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. It happens with us. I think it'd be like a day and you're like, wait, did we use 11 cups? Dude. When I, I when had I, one drink. What's when happened? I lived here, it blew me away. Cause yeah, you guys had an entire sink every day at least. Yeah. Because I, I do your dishes, you know, just to help out and try Thanks to keep too. it clean, you know, do my part for man for letting me stay here. But it was like, man, these guys are just, they drink, just burn. they drink a glass of something and then they throw that glass away. <laughs> like I rinse out my drinks. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's pretty funny. We're, um, I don't know, probably everybody has it. We need to get a dishwasher. That's probably the answer to that. But more interesting things than dishwashers. Absolutely. I've been taking photos of motorhomes, Dave. That is That's very <laughs> interesting. You've been taking photos of, of trucks and cars too. I've been taking uh, truck truck and car photos too. I did a lot of that. Well, because like my the day job stuff, I just have to like go around in circles. It's pretty right. it's pretty boring, and it's, or, or you know, it's like you just kind of move through it. You know, yeah. you get kind of the same thing. You don't really have to do anything crazy. You don't have to like set up a lot of photo stuff with it. You know, you just kind of get to the spot, take the picture, move on to the next thing. Kind of a kind of a project, but. Um, did take more time, like every couple months or so we do like a project where, uh, we kind of try and take a little bit more time. So we set up a parking lot to do kind of a long exposure shot of a, a set of four luxury motorhomes that they have. Each of these are like, I think it's like 500,000 to a million dollars or so is what these like top. Yeah. It's crazy. They're really nice inside, but th that's what like a lot of these, uh, top of the line, uh, Newmar diesel coaches go for. Right. And they're real nice. I mean, there's like no, no, nothing spared and everything's like marble. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's like marble. And That's the thing that doesn't make sense to me is there are a million dollars where they have a million problems. Like nothing's like, it's not like designed better. It's just designed more expensive. <laughs> Using the more expensive <laughs> yeah. materials. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. 
it's not gonna last longer it's just gonna like be more expensive to fix in a few months when it breaks oh my gosh yeah that sounds about right <laughs> or just imagine like how much heavier like tons of tile and marble and glass and like there's like a full size um like back shower yeah. that just that has like yeah it's like a tiled shower in the back there's like a king size bed it's, it's crazy it's always blown me away how much stuff they can pack into a motor home and and the the engineer yeah. in me is always like how is this working it's Where crazy it that they do it they're, but these are nice i mean they they really are i mean they're they're a pretty functional home replacement oh, if yeah. you're, or like if you wanted to travel around it's i mean it's pretty luxurious too you wouldn't they, turn one down if a friend was like here buddy <laughs> yeah. take my oh, million yeah. dollar motor home it'd be a good time they're, they're probably a, a crazy on gas or it's I don't, I don't even know what that would be it's got to be like What's well, diesel? Oh, it's got to be so diesel. the conversion is different. Yeah, uh, it it but would still know. if they're if they're massively heavy using tons of stuff like you're saying it's it's yeah. not going to get great mileage either way, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but they're a lot nicer now. See, it's crazy because you see you see like the used ones come through, you know, and like even ten years old for a motorhome is like a lot of a living. A lot, yeah, you know? <laughs> a lot of oh, living yeah. goes on in that home. And, uh, and yeah, so it's, it's just interesting to see like how, how much more advanced they are or how much cleaner and nicer and better, you know, a new yeah. one is. But, uh, I think all of the ones in the photo, I just posted it today of, uh, of this little lineup, but it, it worked out pretty well. It, there's a few problems with it, but, but yeah, it worked out pretty well. We did it kind of uh, right at dusk. So it's like right about like five forty-five to six thirty or so is when we were shooting a lot of these, uh, long exposures. And they've talked, I've heard about it before. The first time I heard about it was on this blog that I follow about um about kind of like low light long exposure photography and they called it blue hour it was um sort of the part of the day when um you know after like all the red light the orange light of sunset you know okay. how it first yeah. kind of starts yeah. off the sun's low it's sort of nice and golden and then it kind of moves into like an orange color and then like that red color the little pink color and then it sort of turns purple blue you know and yeah. then like right about the blue color Sort of, and you kind of think about it too. It's sort of the spectrum. It you know? is. I it's was like, just thinking that. Actually, yeah. yeah, and so it's kind of as the last bit of light kind of moves from our light source, we sort of see just a little bit of the effect of mm -hmm. the spectrum. If you think of like the side of a water droplet or something, you know, you could kind of see rainbowing through through yeah. little parts. It's, yeah. It seems like it's sort of the same kind thing, of the same principle, but like from the sun, it's cool. But so as the sun kind of passes over and we get to that low light, excuse the steam heater in the background, but um, as you get uh, kind of later in the evening. Um, you get a lot of blue light. So there's a lot of light that's still coming from the sky. And even though our, our eyes really can't perceive it, the cool thing about cameras is you can set them to do things that the eye can't do. Right. Cameras can't do a lot of things that our eyes can do, which the gap's getting closer now with like better low light sensors and stuff. There's more accurate or, you know, it's, it's easier to get stuff that looks good or looks like the way that we would understand how, you know, the way we'd like it to look as right. bright as we want it to look. The cool thing is, is with the camera, you can drop the shutter speed down to let in more light than like our eyes can pick up and to do like long exposure stuff. So for I this one, I think it was like exposure. Yeah. And so for this one, um, we did like a, I think it was like a 15 to 25 second exposure. And so that kind of pulled in more of that like dim blue light that's out there and sort of gives this, uh, this kind of nice, cool night look to it, but it's still sort of bright. You can kind of see stuff. And, uh, and then I, I set the, I didn't bring my tripod for this one. And so I pulled that ammo can that I have out of my truck. Oh. So many uses. <laughs> ammo so, cans are the best. I need so to, much utility. I need to sell these. I want to make like a camera ammo you can. Should. I want to take, because my camera fits in it. This is a rattle, but I want to get, <laughs> I want to like 
pay like paint them up or like build up an ammo can and then sort of like build in like a divider and like a foam rest or something that like fits a camera and like do some stuff on the side and then i just want to sell those as like camera cans or something there's a um it, it's probably a little more expensive than what you're looking for but it's called a glow forge yeah and you can cut like material with it with a laser cutter but yeah. like i mean you could put a, a block of foam in there and say cut me out this shape that's so cool that. that you can do that now yeah so like you can design your own inserts is, wow. is what i'm getting at uh but yeah that's, that's cool I, I think that's a great idea oh and Sharon, i want to build one for myself i noticed that my stuff kind of fit in it i was like i should just use these sweet yeah. watertight ammo cans to store my camera gear because they're they're good at storing stuff they're, yeah pretty durable use them, use them. so yeah. they're hard to i don't know pack up a hill or something if you're backpacking but i don't that's not what no, I do most yeah. of the time. I mean, they got handles. Yeah. Just man up and grab it. <laughs> yeah, if I were in the army, I'd have to do it. Um, but yeah, back to what we were talking about before. I, I didn't bring my tripod. I had to do this long exposure shot of these motorhomes. And so I, had a, I like brought the tripod out. I opened the latch because of like the, the thing on the top or the, the lid that has that little like metal oh, handle right, thing. Right. It wouldn't set even. So I opened the latch and then I kind of set the camera and the lens sort of base down in it sort of across the top oh, of it right and then uh i just kind of had it set up there and it lined up pretty evenly and i had to kind of mess with it a little bit but uh but yeah then i set it up for the long exposure and took a bunch of shots yeah it doesn't look too bad i wish people could see it uh i'll put it up i'll put it up with a, a blog or Perfect. something uh it's funny though because when i first from a distance looked at it i thought that the the buses had Christmas lights or neon lights or something on them, especially that one. Oh, they're the foremost. Yeah. It's got those bottom lights. They do. So I thought this was like a picture from Dave Matthews or something. Dave. <laughs> um, yeah, they have like uh, these nice ones. They have like all of these cool LED running lights. That's a cool thing. Now that white LEDs are everywhere. Yeah. They just put them on everything. Yep. I'm not complaining, but it's cool <laughs> that they did it. So, so yeah, all of these, these uh, like super nice motorhomes had these big, long, like front to back running light LED uh, strips or something. You okay, know, just so like those a really are lights. Yeah, on the, it's, it's oh. a LED like running light. I just thought the exposure was super high. So I was getting more, more <laughs> yeah. light than normal, but okay. the shimmer. Yeah, no, they have like LEDs and then like they have under undercarriage LEDs for like the whatever slide outs there are. So that's where that like gold color comes from too. Okay. On it. It's like, yeah, like it's supposed to like light the, the, the little trays that you can open up underneath the little storage compartments. All the people that saw Fast and Furious originally now have money. And so they're like, dog, let's trick out this RV. <laughs> now LEDs are everywhere. Oh, yeah. Tripped out RVs. So this one, um, yeah, it was cool to, to do. A, we spent like an hour on it or something like that. It, but it worked out pretty well. And then we did one uh, like a week ago that was, that was sort of the same type of thing where we had to do uh, like a lineup of, of a bunch of different categories of vehicle. Uh, and then like that's when we had like the, we had like the, the Chevy Colorado and then the, the 2016 Camaro we put mm, in the lineup mm, there too. Delicious. Yeah, it was cool. It was, it was uh, fun to shoot pictures of that one too. How, how much did you get to drive that car? I drove it up to 99, which was actually just kind of scary because it's like a pretty powerful car. Oh, it was very first powerful. Of all. Now you Response know how a little I feel. bit different than the old forerunner. Uh, and it's kind of scary and it was a clutch too. Like it was a stick shift oh. and I drive stick shift and it's fine, but it was just like having to clutch that much power. Yeah. 
I think I peeled out. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, okay. that's okay. That's what you're supposed that's to do. That's what you're supposed cars. to do in that's front of your why box. they built them. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, it was cool. I, I, I drove, well, I think I did pictures of it uh, first for, for the site and, um, and I just kind of drove it through the parking lot and set it up. But yeah, it was, it's a sweet car, man. And then I drove it down the 99 to, to set it up for the shoot that we did a week ago. Do you know if it was the, the Z28 or was it oh, SS? I I don't know. Okay. I'm not fine. a good Camaro guy, Dave. That's okay. That's all right. I'll just fantasize <laughs> to myself. I think I have a picture of it. We'll try and check later. Um, but yeah, it was it was a sweet uh, sweet rig, man. 2016. Yeah. It looks, it's still kind of falling that same buy saw they've had for, what, since 2007? Someone they brought it in? Uh, for I the Transformers was, movies? You remember that? <laughs> I, th- I think it was, yeah, 2006 or 2007 that they started doing them again. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I remember that. I remember when uh, when Bumblebee first transformed into the newer Camaro. Everyone like cheered, and I remember I was with uh, our friend Brant, and he knows that I love Camaro. So he turns to me, and he starts shaking me. He's like, "Yeah, dude, yeah," <laughs> and it's just building all this hype. And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." For those who don't know who are listening to this podcast, Dave has had a lifelong obsession, affection that's fair. That's a, for both fair words. The Camaro, mm, Chevy Camaro, which I don't. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I mean, it's it, undeniable. If you're looking for the best car ever built, look no further. <laughs> if you're, I mean, if you're looking, if you're looking for for cost to power effectiveness, unbeatable. I'm sorry, the Camaro. If, if you like Mustangs, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> so it's fun to drive around. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was good. It's dark though. The Camaro is so black. Oh, that one was or pitch like black. Just the, the, just the Camaro exterior was black, and I'm shooting it at night, oh. and then it's like dark. Who would have thought about that? Uh. Uh, <laughs> no, it looks pretty good though. It's okay, but uh, but even for this one, like I use my headlamp, and I had like a little flash, like a little camera flash, and there's a button on it you can make it like just flash, mm-hmm. just press it instead of taking a picture. And so I had that just in my hand, the cameras on the ammo can taking the picture for 25 seconds. And then I kind of sprint off to the side to like shine my, I'm shaking my head back and forth, trying to flash my light evenly, kind of paint it onto all the RVs. And I'm oh, kind of really? punching a little, punch a little flash <laughs> button pop, 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 to try and like light it up. And then a couple of them worked out. All right. That's, uh, that's really, that's really funny. The, the little nuances of photography. <laughs> oh yeah. I was, I was it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's you, you, cause when people normally see pictures like that, they don't even think about anything like that. I, I was looking on uh, Instagram and someone, it was one of those explore Oregon or something like that. that oh yeah. That yeah. we follow. Um, but they, they had a picture of, of, I think it was Yosemite national park. Yeah. But it was. The, the guy even said in the picture, like he took it at six or no, 2 a.m. So two in the morning. But it looked it looked kind of like your picture, like a night shot. And and so me right. hanging out with you, knowing a little bit about photography, I realized like, oh, he must have had like some kind of long exposure on it. And that's moonlight. Yeah. But it, it oh. looked like an evening picture, but it was dead of night when he took it. So you, you got kind of these interesting contrasts and like yeah. a different depth to it. it it's was, really it's cool how that is. If you do if you do long exposure photos when the moon's up, it, it actually ends up looking like daylight yeah. and it's really weird and, but kind of logical because like the moon is reflecting sunlight mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, it really comes out to be almost the same temperature as the sunlight. And so 
you know, if you, if you do a long exposure into moonlight, you think it would come out really blue or it would come out, I don't know, just a different color. It really just comes out looking almost like daylight. It white balances to almost the same thing, but it does have this weird sort of strange look to it. It, it, it looks very different. Yeah. It looks softer. It looks kind of like a different planet sort of a thing. You know, that's it's really strange. what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, this, this isn't my planet, but it is, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really cool. How yeah. There's some like cool things works. like that out there. So that was, uh, you know, it was kind of fun to do. Or, yeah, you know, it was a good time. Motorhomes, man. Motorhomes. They're looking great. good. <laughs> I mean, seriously, who wants property nowadays? Just get a motorhome and drive around. Man, okay, yeah. so this... All right. <laughs> I'm a go. visionary, Dave. Okay. <laughs> so, they're self-driving cars. But, wait for it, Dave. It's going to come from left field because we haven't been talking about this. What if there were self-driving motorhomes? Did that just come out of left field? Yeah. That was, I did not see that. I know. <laughs> um, I'm, that's terrifying to me, honestly. No, it'd be great. <laughs> Dave, this is, this is our retirement that we get to look forward to. Because see, right now it's not really worked out, right? right. But we're young. That's right. So, <laughs> so this is what's going to happen. So, so self-driving cars are going to start to take over. Mm -hmm. They're going to propagate. They're going to be out there. They're going to be proven. They're going to be able to run like night distances. Truckers are going to kind of switch over to the self-driving car system. This is in the utopian version that this yes, works yes. at all. Uh, and everything doesn't just wreck at the first intersection of meets. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what if then they start making these motorhomes that can just drive themselves destination to destination. And then these old people ourselves us when we in the, the future when they finally get to the point where they develop these awesome self-driving motorhomes we can get in them at like yellowstone right and we can just snooze go to bed at midnight wake up and then it just yeah. drives us to the next destination where we get out and then go enjoy ourselves you're i was skeptical at first of this idea but you that last point of like, I can go to sleep and be yeah. somewhere else. Oh yeah. That's a magical idea. Oh yeah. I want in on that. That's what I want. That's the, oh, that's what I want to do, right? I just want to <laughs> sleep through. I want to nap through the drive. Once, know? once we figure out how to get computers to not crash anymore, we can, oh, yeah. we can do this. That'd be cool, man. You could just do like city tours, you know, just like set your motor home to just drive from. <laughs> I mean, I'll do it. I'll be a part of it when it happens. Oh yeah. Sure. I mean, Maybe that's when I get all my, my exploration of the world in. Yeah. When we can just have motorhomes do it. Yeah, and our self-driving motorhomes. Dude, I'm in. What about, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, Dave, that's the future we get to look forward to. But um, I just, I just want my tiny home. A tiny home? I just want a tiny home. A compound. Just give me a tiny home. Just a one room shack that I can set up myself. Yeah. Hey, so I want to try and find with you, with you and Rob or something, we should try and find them. Um, I want to go on Airbnb and I want to try and find like shacks that are up for Airbnb because they're out there too. It's like uh, like a hunting shack. They have those kind of things like that they list on Airbnb because they want listings to, to have people like rent out their hunting shack which are like kind of out in the wilderness or like ski shacks, that kind of thing, right. but like small little like rental cabins that you can get that are sort of separated from like larger groups. I want to get something like that with you guys. It's like up in the mountains or out in the desert so that we can go do some cool like camping trip or some cool snow trip. That would be, is, is this going along with our idea of uh, getting property somewhere together and just 
Yeah, this is just trying it out though for the okay, weekend. This is, this is like gotcha. the rent rent it out for a hundred bucks, and then uh, that's actually a cool idea. Yeah, go yeah, we should do that. Go camping, but in the winter, so we have a warm place to sleep, that sort of thing. <laughs> It'd be a good time. It's not a bad idea. I don't know. We should try and uh, we should try and find. I hear that they're out there though. I remember seeing a few of them. Oh, out there, like, they, you can like, find cheap. them out there. Yeah, yeah just, there's property out there, which would be pretty cool. Like how where all the like uh, the crazy stuff is going on with the rant or you know the the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge um, right. federal building that's out there and like the group that's been occupying it for the last 30 days. Right in that area, there's like so much property out in the Steens, Malheur County. Like, um, well, now, I, I was under the impression that basically the government owned all that land. Is that incorrect? Is it just, there's a lot of it, it from the government? Well, see, there's a lot of it that's managed by the BLM mm-hmm. and really uh, you know, so as far as I see it, that's fine, right? Or because, like, I like the idea of like owning a lot and like ensuring that it's all it's all mine, you know. But mm-hmm. but really, it's not occupied land. Like, there's it's open range out there, you know. So like, if I own enough to manage my affairs, I mean, everything else still is available to me to access to do stuff on. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just it's already out there. It's open. I mean, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, it's it, you get into weird, like if you wanted to to farm or have animals out in that area, you get into weird kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's what's happened with uh, right some of the and that is protesting yeah. stuff. But um, yeah, there's like BLM fees to run like uh, cattle or animals mm-hmm. on it, like for a period of time, like per per acre. And that's but, but I guess if you're exploring it yourself or. Yeah, I'm not, I'm probably, or, so what I understand is that you can get like 50 acre plots mm-hmm. or 10 acre plots. I think they can also break it down into, and it can be real cheap, like surprisingly. Ten, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, like really? That's Especially all? land yeah. out there. Cause it's, it's considered low value land. Cause there's not. It is, you know, or like it's, it's like pretty arid, pretty rough land, but. I mean, should, for people like us, it'd be yeah. great. No, it'd be fun. We should try and find like some cool section. That's what I want to do because there's a lot of cool land features out there in Eastern Oregon. And we should try and find a spot that has something like, like that, you know, some kind of inexpensive land that has some kind of cool high desert feature and access that we can get to. And uh, yeah, we should totally do some kind of cool, what's it called? Like a Quonset hut. Is that that like military structure that they do for... For like camps. I don't know if it's a Kwanzaa hut, but yeah, I know what you're you're saying. I think that's what it was called. But uh, it probably is. I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, or it's like a like a temporary structure that you can kind of leave up permanently. But it's like a like a facility that they mm-hmm. usually try and make camps. So, but um, but yeah, it'd be cool. I want to do something like that out in Eastern Oregon. And so we you should do this. Dude, actually, we could have concerts out there. Get some generators. Uh, be so fun. Just I want to do bump it all some night. renegade some renegade Dude, trips out. Oh, so renegade exclusive. <laughs> We should do that this summer anyway. We should. We don't Absolutely. need to own it. It's not that renegade when you've already bought it. <laughs> so renegade. So, so rebel land. that we're landowners uh, and taxpayers. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, so this spring um, we're going to try. I want to be, I was talking with Marina about it on the podcast yesterday. And I want to try and do like a documentary over the next six months or the next nine months, really. I want to try and finish it kind of end of 2016 but i want to try and shoot it from like march to the end of august or so okay and really it's just like a an opportunity for us to go out to eastern oregon and do different stuff find things that are cool 
and take photos and take videos of it. Would you would you be going back and forth? Like take a weekend out there kind of deal? Yeah, I think the idea is uh, to work six days a week. Is kind of the idea. Yeah, I know I know the Billy Newman that, that took a year to explore yeah, yeah, yeah. the Northwest. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what I'd love to have uh, time to do again. But yeah, we'll probably do it um, where I just go out every Saturday, something like that. Right. I'll go out Friday and like be there Saturday and then come back Sunday for whatever and have a weekend for a day. But uh, I think that's kind of what I want to try and do. Um, but a lot of it's going to be trying to go to like different spots in Eastern Oregon and find like cool geological features. And then really a lot of it is for like uh, anthropological features, like uh, petroglyphs that have been left behind and that Indian be artifacts, cool. like, like um, TP rings that have been left out, that sort of thing. Would you, and you'd be filming this or taking pictures? Yeah. So that's, that's where I want to try and move into like some new stuff that we ha- haven't really done much before. I used to do video stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we used to goof around and do video right. stuff back in college and stuff and then it was really after college that i really dove into photography all the way um but uh what i was thinking is that uh, i want to try and do like a documentary film like something that's like 45 minutes to an hour long that's uh kind of like a long feature but i want to have it to be you know about early native american history in oregon or in eastern oregon and then like a lot of the like i don't know just historical artifacts that are still left behind yeah. that we can see here that are observable throughout Oregon. So that's, I think the idea for the most part of it. And then from here and for the next few months, we're kind of trying to identify and refine the story of it and, you know, sort of figure Ooh. out like how we're going to move it together over time. Right. But, uh, but yeah, at the first part, we really don't need to worry about that. The game is just to go out to Eastern Oregon. And, stuff. Yeah. Just go out to Eastern Oregon to like Heart Mountain and hang out and get some cool video shots of that, that we need for, you know, like landscape stuff and get other, artifacts that sort of stuff and um move up from there you know like the next week and we'll go to like bends and then go to different areas around there to the cascades or to the columbia river or something like that so that's kind of the idea for i think that's a really cool idea i like that you're incorporating the uh the sort of sort of historical aspect of it too yeah that's the idea so i want to try and like interview people for it i think that's going to be the next so the first part is like the go out and get the B-roll when they, when mm-hmm. they do right. like, exactly. like, that's what part. I was thinking. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll get like the interview with the guys, you know, or like we'll kind of get like the cast of people that will kind of explain and, and they'll be the ones that kind of talk about the story or, you know, they'll, they'll demonstrate what's going on and then we'll try and go out, you know, and have a lot of the, the natural scenes kind of already recorded and ready to go for shots that we want to put into the documentary. But the idea is to kind of do like an, I don't know if it's a documentary I don't know if it's an art film or something. I'm not really sure what it means. I, yeah, but yeah, I, I just want like it. I want like cool kind of Billy styled video landscapes of a lot of the stuff in Eastern Oregon, and then like a story that goes with it that kind of that kind of comes together. So yeah, that's what we're trying to work on now. But you should come to as much stuff as you can. I'd love. We to. should do some like uh, some midweek stuff, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday things. You should come for as now much we're of talking. As, yeah as you can and. Uh, do like some camp out stuff, some recording stuff. It'd be fun. I absolutely agree. Yeah. It'd be really cool. I want to do uh, a bunch of truck stuff with that this summer or like this uh, spring and summer too. There's some cool stuff. I want to take you out to like Paisley or that area. So there's like, uh, I think it's the Abert rim is in that area. It's like, if you go out from Eugene and we go to bend and then, uh, what is it? I think we take like that road that cuts down by Fort rock and then out, toward this town of like Paisley 
Okay. And then that drops down to Lakeview. I think if you want to go there. Yeah, that's what it is. Okay. But, uh, and then you can cut like east from there and go to Heart Mountain and then east from there and go to the Steens. And then the Steens is sort of where like all that craziness in the Malheur County is going on. But, uh, but we should go out to Paisley. It's cool. That's the area where uh, like the Abert Rim is. It's this huge rim rock that's there next to Abert Lake. It's going to be cool to check out. And then like just kind of northwest of there, there's all these hills with roads in it that you can just kind of drive around in. I think I went up there one time in May with Marina and we went shooting. It's pretty cool. That is <laughs> so, cool. Yeah. What's, what's like uh, hour-wise? What are you looking Hour-wise to get there? Yeah, say out of Eugene. Oy. Um, I think it's like... I don't know. It's a pretty healthy two hour drive to get to highway 97. And then it's probably an hour and a half from there. So three and a half, four. Uh, that's not terrible. It's not terrible. It it would be less than that too. If you're moving, if, if you're up and moving and you get, cause it's like on that. Um, yeah, you could take it. Just hit the Willamette pass, hit over the 97 and then uh, you're on your way down to Paisley. You can get there, but it's a bit of a drive. It's kind of across the state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what's going to be awesome about this. It's going to be like, all right, well, we should leave at four in the morning. I was, we I get was just there thinking, today. yeah, it's going to be a very, <laughs> yeah. very early yeah, we'll, expedition. We'll see how committed Billy's to this uh, in a few months. But um, yeah, I guess the only other thing I had to talk about was uh, like all the film roles we got developed. I talked about it a lot yesterday too, but not with you. But uh, we just got like four of uh, our last rolls of film developed. So we got a bunch of pictures to go to or go through and, uh, and put out and post. And I think this is stuff from like December and, uh, and all of January so far here and part of November too. Just, just, a lot of that. just more added on top of your, your terabytes of yeah. other pictures that you have. <laughs> yeah. And it, uh, yeah, it should be cool. I want to check these out. I think uh, it's, it's like a whole weekend project to get through this many, <laughs> this many frames. I have to spend like four minutes with each of these frames. It's going to be so many. What do you, what do you have to do with the, the frames? Do you, do you have to actually develop them or do you have to? What's yeah, it's nice that, uh, so, and it's been weird because, um, like, uh, shoot, I guess all through the nineties and then now all through the two thousands up until 2010 or so, uh, it was, it was just super common for people to shoot with film or to have disposable cameras or just old 35 millimeter mm -hmm. cameras that they'd sell. And so they had this one hour photo shops pretty much put up at every convenience store, every supermarket, any Fred Meyer, Walmart, right. CVS, Walgreens type of thing. They'd have a one hour photo development. Um, and that sort of started to decay over the last half decade or so as with digital yeah with digital taking over with everyone having digital cameras pretty much pro proliferated into the market and then mm -hmm. everybody having a cell phone camera and all I was that say just the phones yeah. alone. so film is sort of a kind of a, a novelty uh, you know or like a it seems like a special yeah it's a specialty point. it's a specialty piece and um and so that means that for most convenience stores it's all kind of been removed so now in eugene there's really nowhere like that to get film developed right um but we're fortunate because here and like in portland there's shops too but like here we have a, a place that'll do development still called dot dotson's so we, we cruised in there took it uh, took it in and it was uh, still really inexpensive for them just to do um, the color film processing um, and i mean you can do color film processing at home i don't think that it's worth it anymore because just in the explanation that i've given of how complicated it is for a professional company to have 
the equipment around mm-hmm. and maintained to have a darkroom set up to process color film. It's almost that much harder and more expensive for me individually right. to try and recreate the whole darkroom set up, you know, as it is uh, now modern day, because back in the seventies, it was like a big hobby and there was hobby shops that would sort of support that. They'd had all the equipment, they'd sell it, you know, and then now you can get everything on eBay or probably on Amazon, but it's not for me really. I don't have the space for it. The right. Time to, yeah. To it's... maintain all that. So what I, what I'm most interested and really that part of film, I, I don't really care that that much about, I like doing it. It's cool to do darkroom stuff, but what I like is being able to get the C41 processing done pretty quickly and then get my film developed. And then I can take it and I can bring the, the negatives into my computer where I can make my adjustments because the benefit you have when you're developing your negatives yourself in your darkroom is you can control the exposure or you can okay. control um, sort of think of like what we do with Photoshop loosely now, like what we not total removal That's, and replacement yeah. of objects, but like uh, controlling the brightness and the saturation mm-hmm. and just sort of the look of the picture. Um, like if, if you had a picture come out that was too bright and you're like, I kind of want to darken this or I want to lighten up this spot in the photo because it was too dark. What you would do back in the day. Now we just put it in Photoshop and crank that part up. What you do back in the day is you take the negative again. So you'd made your first print that was too bright mm-hmm. or too dark in a spot, let's say. When there's a common problem, your photos would come out too, too dark and you want to brighten them up a little bit so you can bring out the light. And then that would make it look like a way more functional photograph or look you know, correctly exposed. Right. So you take your first print and you'd see that it was too bright. And then so you go back to your larger and so you get everything set up and then you make adjustments into how long your exposure of the print would be and like the emulsion that it would be being. I have to say, I am super glad that we are in the future. Oh, because yeah. Because like, you know, now you just oh, kind of yeah. crank a setting left or right. But back then it was like, oh, this picture sucks. I have to yeah, spend another. Chemistry. Yeah, yeah it, it was deal. chemistry. I almost, uh, I almost relate it to uh, ham radio almost. Like yeah. back in the day, like that was probably a much more important skill to have. Now it's just a couple of hobbyists basically and yeah. they have cell phones instead. We don't <laughs> yeah. need to, you know, we have digital cameras now and cell oh, phones. Yeah. So most people don't need to know the chemistry of photography, but it, it is very interesting and very important. And it's been a very oh, yeah. important part of history too. I mean, yeah. Any, anything you see about history, that's a you know photograph. That's, you know, I mean, we, yeah, we get awesome. to see uh, Abraham Lincoln because of photography. Yeah. Like, that's so crazy. We don't get to see George Washington. Yeah. Cause only goes back didn't so exist. far. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a cool thing and it's an important thing, but it's also a very dynamic thing. That's, you know, always changing, of course. Yeah. It's cool. Like I was looking at, well, I was looking at, um, this, like, I don't know if it's a textbook or a magazine, but it was like photographs of, uh, like someone's darkroom equipment and they had these, uh, the technique was called dodging and burning. And it was the idea of like how oh long you let, light expose itself onto the emulsion that was going to create the print. And that would affect how bright it would be, how bright the photograph that would be, the print would, would be exposed onto it. Cause before there was inkjet printers, there was a whole different process of how to make it. And so uh, like what it was is uh, this dodge and burn piece. And it was just like a, like a stick with like a piece of cardboard that was cut out in a circle taped to it. And that was a tool that they would kind of feather in front of the light that would be cast I've down. I've seen that. Just okay. sort of cut the light down as it would expose itself onto the mat. Yeah. And it would be darker there because it didn't get as much light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just, that's what they would do. <laughs> it's, I, I, I jumped when you said dodging burning because uh, there's a, a song uh, where he says, I was in the dark dodging and burning. 
And I, I always tried to figure out what that meant. And now it, it makes sense. He was, he was in the dark room dodging and burning, right? Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I was like, oh, God. You know, I love yeah. those moments when something clicks when you yeah. finally realize what someone was talking about or whatever. But an artist. An artiste. <laughs> yeah, this was a, a rapper and a rap song. Oh, um, yeah. If you, do, do we have a couple min, more yeah. minutes to talk? Um, I was going to ask you what your thoughts are, kind of sticking with media, um, about iTunes. Because I have been, over the last year, just having the worst time with yeah. iTunes. And yeah, it just iTunes seems, is... in general, a lot of people aren't enjoying Mac products as much as they did. But let's yeah, stick with can, iTunes for right can now. Be true. Yeah, so with iTunes as like the software you get on your computer, yeah. sucks. Yeah, it, it should be wiped. I think every tech analyst, any person that like writes for tech or, or like works on these projects and within the industry, just everywhere, everyone said iTunes is the worst product available to everyone. And it's been for like the last decade since 2004 or five, six. Way, yeah. As soon as like the iPod video came out and everybody was getting those videos and stuff under their, their iPod. Mm -hmm. And it's, as soon as iTunes opened up to be on Windows, right then everyone was saying hey we'll like we'll use this right now because we want ipods but itunes is terrible software like the ideas and stuff are good just but just cut next version wipe you know cut this one loose and then rebuild the software so that it works well for us and then that's kind of just been the dream forever for the last yeah. decade now <laughs> and it's never happened like they they really wanted to try and get into it when they started shifting over to um to this new set of uh, of like mac releases and you know when they try to do kind of their visual redesign mm -hmm. they made uh, i think it was like i don't know itunes version 12 or whatever it was that's when i started yeah having issues so everybody thought they were going to rebuild it. They didn't. They left all the weird stuff in iTunes. They just, they just seemed to make it way less usable. Oh, so God. yeah, everybody's been frustrated and wanting an iTunes alternative for a long time. On, on the other side of that coin, the cool thing is like all of the services that Apple provides that are associated, that are hooked in with iTunes, mm -hmm. you know, like the podcasting stuff and the, the podcast store and like it's interface with all everybody's phone, you know, the access that everyone has on the phone side, it works pretty well where you know, like the, the iPhone music app and the iTunes store and like that whole process, like the podcast app, the, uh, the, what's the other one I use? Like the, um, iTunes university app. Oh, Have you I used that even, one before? I don't even use that. That one's cool. You can like go and get like lectures and stuff for oh, really? classes that they post. So if you just want to like learn stuff about history class great. or something like that, really oftentimes you just got to put up with some know nothing from <laughs> a college who's just like rambling for a long time. You're of like, course. Oh my God, people paid $70 an hour to hear this person talk. No, no. <laughs> I won't listen to it. And my headphones are free for three minutes. What? It's not <laughs> even worth happened? free to me, but yeah. some sap paid way yeah. too much. Yeah. So it's just uh, disheartening when you hear about college lectures can be, but it's cool if you want to try and learn some some stuff about whatever it there's is, mathematics and stuff. Gems. There's a lot of cool um, material, like educational material. So you get like the lecture, but you also get the coursework too with ah. iTunes University. It's kind of a cool education play that you're because Apple's all into the education side. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, like the, the opportunity that everybody has to like be able to publish all that stuff, I think that's really cool. But it's just really upsetting how bad the on-computer software is right. for what they do. Yeah, it, and it is. I am... Um, I, I only bring it up because, like I was saying, I had so many issues with it. I couldn't listen to podcasts anymore. It, oh, really? It slowly degraded to where it would... Uh, I'd play a podcast for like five minutes, and it would 
jump to the next podcast in my list and start oh, playing yeah. that. I think there's a class action lawsuit against Apple right now for like a planned obsolescence. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was something where like people installed it onto their iPhone fours because they said that you could, should upgrade to it. Mm -hmm. And it, it really just kind of destroyed the phone. I, this, and this might be completely unrelated. I've, you know, planned obsolescence is a thing and I've known about it for a long time, but I specifically would never update my iPod yeah. because I was yeah. specifically afraid of that. Cause years ago, the first iPod I had, it died right after an update. Oh, and yeah. I was like, and I was convinced it was the update. Yeah. And just this last year, a couple months ago, I, uh, I finally said, you know what, maybe I'm being a, you know, a crazy person. Maybe this is a tinfoil hat idea, planned obsolescence. Right. And so I, I went ahead and updated and yeah, immediately dude. my iPod was Boom. dead and I had to buy another one. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's so silly, but it's just this whole year, just iTunes has been losing songs, not playing songs, getting rid of playlists, doing all this weird stuff that I'm just like, I'm done. So I, I, I completely uninstalled it all the way. I was, it was one of those like just 12 o'clock at night. And I was like, you son of a bitch. This is the last time you screw with me. So I got rid of it and I got this new one called music B. Yeah. And it's free and it, it looks relatively, I mean, it's, it's very user friendly and it looks kind of the same setup as, as any sort of player you'd want. I've got yeah the, the list on the, the left hand side, uh, very reminiscent of, uh, the iTunes style oh, yeah. where it shows podcasts and I can subscribe to podcasts and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. That's and it's, yeah. yeah. And it's been, it's been keeping up and it's been doing things and you can load all your old songs up onto it. Yeah. It's and, cool. Uh, it accepts the iPod and everything and it transfers songs over to it. So I've, I've been very happy with that, but I, I'm just curious if a lot of people have, I haven't heard of that one. Or I haven't, I haven't really jumped over. Um, what, it, what do you use for your podcasts and iTunes or Music. Well, so I, so I just use my phone or so I use like the phone app that I have. And like on the iPad, I just like pull it, pull it up through the, through the, through the podcast app Okay. Um, on that. And so I almost really never interact with the I podcast. I was going to say, so computer. you never do. Huh? Yeah. I almost never do. Um, I just like download it and play it from the phone that I've got. Um, and then I've like, now that I've been trying to like record and post stuff, I've been looking at it more on the computer. So I've been kind of interacting with, but really it's just the iTunes store and seeing if you can search for stuff right. and find it under whatever. Um, so it's a little bit different. Do you go through iTunes to post, uh, the podcast? I really don't anymore. I signed up once, um, to register the RSS feed that the podcast runs through with iTunes as a podcast. And then I, I had to like kind of set it up to fit within whatever guideline it is for podcasts on their store, mm -hmm. give it the proper artwork or whatever it is and the right file size and file type, that sort of thing. You get that ready to go and then you send it over, it's submitted and then it kind of runs through. And I just did that with the night sky podcast a couple of weeks ago too. And we got that feed set up. Okay. Um, and so it's same kind of thing is, uh, yeah, you, you set up an RSS feed under your own self-hosted podcast and then you submit the RSS feed link to iTunes. Okay. And then they accept it and put it in the store. Gotcha. It's kind of strange how it would, but you don't really get to host it with them. Like you would with YouTube, maybe like you think like you have a YouTube account and you upload your video to it. Mm -hmm. Not the same with iTunes. Okay. You have to kind of like run it all yourself and provide a way for iTunes to sell that for you. It's kind of, it's complicated. That it's is weird. weird. It, <laughs> yeah. it, how did your, this might be a, a silly question or, or whatever, but I remember I was, uh, 
you gave me a CD of all your dad's music. Oh yeah, or a right bunch back. of it anyway. And uh, I uploaded it on my computer, and it it because uh, I was using iTunes at the time. It it yeah. downloaded a, a Album cover photo and, yeah. and all the all the info on it. And I was like, what what is this? So I go to it, and I, you your dad actually had a, an iTunes page with his music. Yeah, on it. yeah. I think way back. I think that was like uh, 2004 or so, when, 2004 or five when he submitted that, I think. And what I remember is uh, CD Baby had this offer. That's, I think, what what did it. First was okay. this, uh, this, it was kind of like a third party uh, that would sort of arrange it. So what you do is um, you'd have like your album ready to sell. Like if you were like a small band or like someone like my dad who was making music, you had your album ready to sell. So you had your, your physical copy. And I think you, at that time, you could just upload it to their site. You could upload the tracks to their site. Like we would like on SoundCloud today, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think they're still around. I think they, they still do stuff. Um, and then they would submit it to iTunes if that was like part of whatever right. you're asking for. That and, makes sense. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then it was up on iTunes ready to go. So yeah, it was kind of cool that it, it worked. It was, yeah, I was super surprised. And I was like, oh, he's famous. I know a famous person. Oh yeah. It was great. You know, I'm trying to figure out now how to, how to put, um, how to put other content like, uh, like movies up into the iTunes, uh, like, or like the ITV or the Apple TV, um, video store. Cause like, I want to try and put this documentary together or this like video project Mm -hmm. about Eastern Oregon together. And then I want to submit it to things like the Apple TV um, store like or whatever it is to to like download or watch. Are you just looking free. to get this out there to get it out there? Or are you trying to make a profit? Uh, it? It's not profit. Really, this is like an idea to like meet people and just kind of like communicate with people that I want to, you know, try and try interact and with. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be cool. Well, I want to attract to like just different people that are in charge of um, like different I don't know historical societies or different like tribal history or cultural history museums that sort of thing so i can get some of their perspective on uh some of these ideas that are part of the story that i want to try and build for this um which i think would be cool and then like same with the night sky thing i want to try and you know talk to other people or talk to like um what is it like the the observatory i think it's like the pinewood no that's not right there's this observatory that's outside of Bend on Highway 20. If you go out there, really, you go up to the top of the mountain. There, yeah, there's like a three telescope observatory out there. I think that they have a relationship with the University of Oregon for that. But I, I want to just, I don't know, just try and use some of these things that we're trying to put together to kind of like meet some of these people. Yeah, and you know, just kind of. I wonder uh, if you could do the night sky stuff. Yeah, and and be like, hey, show me some stuff. No, yeah, it'd be cool. Well, or I just want to try and meet him or talk with him or that sort of thing, you know, just kind of build some stuff first and then show I'm interested in it, you know, and serious and yeah, kind of go on from there to use it to just find people that I'm interested to meet or to learn something from. It'd be cool. I want to try and like interview people for that. It'd be fun. Or, or not interview necessarily, but just kind of talk to them about what they have to say about, you know, <laughs> whatever. I, I was, I was going to bring up a silly point of what if you, uh, what if you uncover like some secret treasure or some like map like through all your you're talking and searching and you uh, decode something and it turns i find an indiana jones-esque adventure yeah well i was i was thinking of uh national treasure but yeah oh yeah Yeah, i want you to definitely out there i think you could do a mean nick cage old shoes that's the only kind of of treasure we're gonna find out there's not probably big gold store maybe hey maybe the the delorean buried their gold here in Oregon, that's why no one's found it. That's why we got this. An old wrecked 
like what would it be like Civil an old War, wreck, like train in the middle of the desert a train that derailed there you full go. of silver you or go. gold <laughs> lost on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> a stagecoach <laughs> traveling across the it's, West. It's the Oregon real, Trail it's real. Off by, it's gotta be out there. Engines, yeah. <laughs> uh, that would be oh, fun. Yeah, man. We're gonna find we're gonna find a, a wreck stagecoach full of old gold. I'll do it. That'd be great, man. It. We'd be millionaires. It'd be a good time. <laughs> and a good gold story too. Well, for I think this episode of the podcast, I'll probably wrap up everything. On behalf of Dave Swanson, my name is Billy Newman, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast.